Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. This episode comes from our 2019 Rush Student Conference. The following message is titled, If You Want It, You Will Receive It, and was spoken by Chris Green. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about the Rush Student Conference, visit us at rushstudentconference.com. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded, somebody say commanded, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Everybody shall wait. Wait. Say, hold up. In Texas, we say, hold your horses. Y'all don't know what horses are in Ohio. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water. Watch this. But you shall. But you will. He did not say you can or might be. Turn to somebody and say you will. Be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. If you look at verse 8, Jesus continues to prophesy the promise, and he says, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall, you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I could continue reading, but for sake of time, I'm just going to move right in to this declaration tonight that the Lord wants to pour out his spirit in such a mighty way. I want to ask you this question, what do you want? Because I feel the Lord spoke to me, and this can be my title, and said, if you want it, you will receive it. If you want it, you will receive it. I want you to turn to somebody and ask them, what do you want? Now, before you're seated, I'll let you sit down in just a second, but I want you to declare with me. We've got seven or 800 people. It would be one thing for one preacher to make a declarative statement of faith, but what would happen if 800 people made that declaration tonight? So I want you to declare with somebody right now. I want you to look them right in their eyeballs. I know it's weird for you to talk to somebody face to face because we're so used to texting these days. But I want you to tell somebody, if you want it, you will receive it tonight. If you really believe that, I want you to put your hands together and one more time lift up your voice to this God we call Jesus. Lift up great faith. Lift up great faith. Lift up a great worship. Hallelujah. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. No, you didn't do it good enough. Say, in the name of Jesus. That's more like it. You may be seated. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What the Lord is going to do tonight, I want to start off strong and let you know that what God is going to do tonight is for everyone. So I want, if, if you're an everyone, I don't know who I'm talking to, but there is someone here who is an everyone. Feel that in the Holy Ghost. as a joke. <laughs> you know, you get these people say, I feel like there's somebody in this room with hair on their head. I don't know who you are, but you're in this room tonight. <laughs> I feel there is an everyone here tonight. If you're an everyone, I want you to say, that's me. Amen. Amen. That's you. Everyone, this is for everyone. I feel the Lord wants to give great understanding and revelation that this is not for the elite. This is not for a high priest. This is not for just the pastors, the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, the apostles. This is not just for those who have it all together. In fact, there is no such thing as somebody that has it all together. But this is for Somebody say everyone. everyone. See, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, Ask and you shall receive. He said, Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But this is the revelation in verse 8. For everyone that asks shall receive. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. This is for everyone. I'm just going to lay this foundation very quickly so you just hang on tight. Jesus promised and prophesied in Acts chapter 1. He said, I'm commanding you to go to Jerusalem and everybody say, wait. Man, that's a four-letter word that nobody likes to speak or say. You know what I'm talking about? That four-letter word called wait. But let me just give you a little insight here. While none of us like to wait, we all wait on what we want. <laughs> you got people that wait literally in tents and sleeping bags on the sidewalks for days to get an iPhone because people will wait for what they want. In about three weeks or so, there's going to be something called Black Friday. I don't know if y'all have heard of it up here in Ohio. It's probably too cold to go shopping on Black Friday in Ohio. It's too cold, too cold to go shopping today. My God. 39 degrees. People will wait. They'll skip their Thanksgiving turkey and dressing and their time with their family to wait on the sidewalks just to get a little discount because why? People will wait for what they want. But the great understanding of this blessing is this. Number one is that you're waiting. It expresses and determines your desire and your hunger. When you say, God, I'm willing to do what I don't want to do, and that's wait. I'm showing you my hunger and my desire. When you come to an altar, if you come to an altar and pray for two or three minutes and don't get what you want and leave, that shows that your hunger and your desire was very, very small. 
But when you come to an altar and you stay and you linger and you tarry and you pray for hours and you stay and you pray and you stay and you pray again and you stay and you pray again, then you show God, God, this is how bad I want what you've got for me. But now that I made that point, let me make this point, and I hope this will get somebody at least to nod your head for me. Maybe not for me, but for the word of God. God said to wait for the promise. The promise was this, the outpouring of his spirit and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And he said, you shall receive power. Somebody say power. Yeah, he said, you shall receive power. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout all. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues tongues as the spirit gave them utterance you read down in verse 12 that people the audience or the people that came looking in they were wondering what was going on and the bible says in verse 12 they were all amazed and were in doubt these were the ones that had not received they had just perceived what was happening and it says they were all amazed and in doubt saying to one another what meaneth this what is this all about and others mocking said these men are full of new wine and to 2019, they were saying, these people are drunk. Somebody say, they drunk. drunk. Woo! See, I'm from Austin, Texas. Our motto is keep Austin weird. You can't walk down the streets of Austin for too long, whether it's a Monday morning or a Saturday night, without running into somebody that's a little drunk. And when somebody comes up and does something, you know, we just look at each other and kind of nod. They drunk. This is what they said to each other. They drunk. Turn to somebody and say, they drunk. Yeah, they're drunk. Verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you all and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let me explain something. Jesus said, wait. He wasn't the first one that preached this sermon that said, wait. It had been preached for a couple thousand years. It had been preached for hundreds of years. Priests, rabbis, mothers and fathers had been prophesying and teaching. Just wait, baby. One day, we're going to all get to experience the glory of God's Holy Spirit. One day, it won't just be isolated to just the priest, but it'll be given to everybody. 
One day it'll be for all of us. But we just got to wait. We just got to keep praying. We just got to keep fasting. We just got to keep sacrificing. We just got to have patience and wait on God. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It will happen. Yes, here it comes. I believe it's on its way. I believe it's almost here. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the heavens opened up. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. So in essence, Peter was standing there saying, the wait is over. Turn to somebody and say, no more waiting. No more waiting. Say it's here right now. The wait is over. He said we preached about it long enough. We taught about it long enough. We've read about it long enough. We believed for it long enough. And we don't have to preach about it anymore. We don't just have to believe about it anymore. It's here right now. You can receive it today. The wait is over. So watch. That's why in verse 37, it says, now when they heard this, heard what? That the wait was over. They could receive the promise, uh, the promise that they had been believing for. What promise are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about a promise uh, for a better life. Uh, I'm talking about a promise uh, of you don't have to be addicted to pornography another day. Uh, I'm talking about a promise uh, that you ain't got to smoke marijuana one more night. Uh, I'm talking about a promise uh, that you don't have to take pills uh, to try to take your life another day. I'm talking about a promise that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm talking about a promise where I can have the God of glory living on the inside. I'm talking about a promise. I'm talking about a promise that's greater than anything this world has to offer. I'm talking about a promise of salvation. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. What does that mean? There was desire that was built. Oh, I feel desire here tonight. Uh, they were desiring. They said, I want it. Uh, I've got to have it. Uh, I'm hungry for it. Uh, I've had enough of this life. Uh, I've had enough of this addiction. Uh, I've had enough of this depression. I've got to have it. So they said to Peter, what shall we do? What must we do? Anybody want to quote the next verse with me? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. I can't hear you. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, wait. Yeah, but wait a second. Who is this for? <laughs> Because the story goes on in the next verse. Watch this. For the promise is unto you and to your children. Somebody say, I ain't got no kids. Well, you might have one day. This is to you 
and to your children. Rush Student Convention, preaching about your kids. Hey, this is to you and to your children. Watch this. And to all who are what? In the choir. Nope. And to all that are preachers. And to all that got it all together. And to all that are anointed. And to all that are caught. And to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I deliver this message to everyone. Every ear, every spirit, every soul, every mind that is hearing what thus saith the Lord right now. I'm preaching to everyone, every first time guest, every fifth generation Pentecostal. I'm telling you again, this is for you and this is for everyone. Even the ones that are afar off. The Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of his glory. And we could take the next six weeks to get every young man and woman up here to testify of your filthy, dirty past, uh, full of mistakes, failures, insecurities, uh, inadequacies, uh, insufficiencies, uh, all of your problems, doubts, and unbeliefs, uh, all the things that you've done hidden on a phone uh, or in your bedroom uh, that nobody knows anything about. Uh, but let me just sum up all your testimonies with this. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you can say, yeah, but I've been further away than they have, and, and I'm a deeper sinner than he is. I'm a, worse, I'm a worse sinner than they are. But aren't you glad that the scripture says, and this is for everyone who is far away. Let me, let me ask you a question. How far is too far? No hands, no theological scholars tonight. You, you don't have an you don't have the, the verse in scripture to tell me how far is too far. How far is too far? You got drunk? They got drunk. You really got drunk? You've been high? You've been messed up? You messed up with that girlfriend? Is that too far? Aren't you glad that he didn't say, to all those that have sinned, just not sinned that bad? I was just in Michigan, Brother Lancaster, and I was preaching on a Sunday morning in Brother Henson's church. Anybody from Brother Henson's church? Nope. Just curious. <laughs> Going to send my regards if anybody was here from his church. And I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, a, a young lady comes down in her 20s, and she's standing up here, and I could tell that she had just been through a mess. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know what I'm talking about? You ever seen somebody who said, God, help, they just been through it. I walked up to her, and I said, hey, ma'am, I said, I'd like to pray for you. What do you need tonight or today? It was that Sunday morning, and she said, she started giving me her laundry list of problems and things, and she said, I've tried everything. She said, I've tried drugs. I've tr she started naming the drugs. I'm thinking, TMI, <laughs> too much information. And, and, and she starts telling me all the stuff she's done and, 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 and the, the, the party lifestyle. And she started text telling me about her sexual perversion and, and all the stuff she's done. I'm thinking, okay, okay, okay. But what 
what do you need from God? She said, well, I've tried all of that stuff because I thought it would help me. It would heal me. I thought it would fix me. She said, but, but I, none of those things have helped. And this is her exact words. She said, but while you were preaching today, you said something about a ghost. I said, yeah, the Holy Ghost. In case you don't know, that's just the King James language for the Holy Spirit of God. And she said, somebody ghost. I said, yeah, the Holy Ghost. She said, that's it, the Holy Ghost. She said, when you said Holy Ghost, something stirred inside of me and said, that's my answer. I've got to have that. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. See, the reason why people are standing and clapping right now is because they can empathize with somebody that has realized there's nothing in this life that can help me, save me, deliver me, heal me other than the, other than the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me burst your bubble. I said, well, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. She said, no, I'm not. See, y'all sit down. Go ahead. That's all right. I'd sit down on that point too. Plot twist. I said, you're about to get it. She said, no, I'm not. I said, why? Her words, not mine. She said, God could never give a lesbian the Holy Ghost. My words, not hers. I said, who lied to you? I said, what book have you been reading? Because if you read this book, you'll find a God. I'm about to lose my mind. You'll find a God that said, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. I'm looking for those who are far off. I'm looking for everybody. I'm looking for everybody. I'm looking for the high and the low. I'm looking for the in and the out. I'm looking for everybody. Maybe I'll tell y'all in a second why I'm acting so crazy. But let me finish her story. She said, all right. She said, I'll give it a shot. I prayed for her. She started speaking in tongues as God gave her the Holy Ghost. We baptized her in Jesus' name. That same night, watch this. This is for somebody tonight. That same night, Sunday night, the Lord interrupted the service with tongues and interpretation. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, it is a divine gift from God where he can speak through somebody, through the gift of the Spirit, through gift of tongues. You can read it later. But somebody spoke in tongues and somebody interpreted it. It was from God. And God called that girl out by name. He said, I reached into your darkness and I pulled you into my light and I filled you with my spirit and I baptized you in my name. He said, but you have a world behind you full of friends and family members living in the same darkness I pulled you out of and they will never hear the voice of your pastor unless they hear yours first. What are you saying, preacher?
I'm saying every man, every woman, every boy and every girl under the sound of my voice, when you got the Holy Ghost, you got power. And when you got power, you got something. Oh yeah. When you've got power to whom much is given, much is required. When you've got power, you've got a purpose. Clap your hands with faith unto the Lord and lift up your voice. Hallelujah. See, you can look at me like I'm some sort of sanctified preacher. I got a few friends on this pew that could come up here and say otherwise. <laughs> I got some friends right on this pew. Some of my best friends right here. Man, I can't even look at them when I'm preaching. Woo. Because they know my past. <laughs> But they got a pass too, so it's all right. <laughs> my God in heaven. I love it when people try to judge me by my past because I just let them finish and say, Do you have a past? Oh, okay. <laughs> See, when any, t- oh God, this is not in my notes. Let me, t- let me help somebody. Anytime the devil tries to convince you that you're the only one, You just remind him that he was the first one. You're the only one that's sinning like that. You're the only one that's backslidden. You're the only one that's lost. You just wait until he finishes and say, well, devil, you were the first one. You were the pioneer of sin. You were... There is an apostolic hunger in this place tonight. If you feel that, I want you to lift up your hands for just a moment. We're not through, but I feel to just tap into this hunger and desire that I feel weighing so heavily in this service. You may be seated. Several months ago, I'm preaching a youth camp, and right in the middle of my sermon, 10 minutes into my sermon, you want to get me to stop preaching, this is what you can do. 10 minutes into my sermon, this 16-year-old boy... And I'm going to give you the backstory on him before I finish this story. I didn't know the backstory when all this took place. But he, his parents used to be in church, in a Pentecostal church. In fact, they were ministers. But before he was born, they left the church and they never went back to church after he was born. And this 16-year-old boy, he started attending a couple of his friends' churches, but God started reaching for him and saying, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. I've got more for you. So he partnered up with one of his friends at school, a Pentecostal young person at an apostolic church in Canada in British Columbia and he started giving him Bible studies and and said why don't you come to youth camp with me next week and and maybe uh, God uh, will feel this hunger and this desire for more that you're feeling right now and in that second service uh, of that youth camp uh, his legs started shaking Uh, he started shaking you know he he had so much hunger so much desperation Uh, he couldn't sit 
it still anymore. He couldn't wait for an invitation to an altar anymore. He didn't know our protocol. He didn't know our agenda and traditions. All he knew was the hunger that was in his soul. And in 10 minutes of my sermon, I hadn't even made sense yet of my title. And he starts jumping out of the seat. You know what I'm thinking? Dear God, y'all move out of the way. He's got to go to the bathroom. When you got to go, you got to go. He gets to the aisle. He don't turn to go to the bathroom. He turns and comes to the altar. He stands right in front of the pulpit. He lifts up his hands. Nobody praying for him and says these exact words. God, I am hungry. Now, for those of you who think... He hadn't eaten in a few days. He was talking of that spiritual hunger that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Watch this. For they shall be filled. I'm preaching tonight. If you want it, you will receive it. This young boy came and said, I'm hungry. Nobody laid a hand on him. The moment he said, I'm hungry, God filled him with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. When that service was over, he left. He went back to the dorm. He called his mother and father. He said, Dad, Mom, you won't believe what just happened to me. I was praying at the altar, and I began to speak in new languages. I began to speak in other tongues. God filled me with the Holy Ghost and they baptized me in the lake in Jesus name the very next day his father came to inspect what was really going on and when his dad came his dad got to shaking his dad got to crying his dad got to clapping his hands his dad came up to the altar and that 16 year old boy prayed his daddy back through to the gift of the Holy Ghost my God I feel like worshiping I feel like lifting up my voice because God is pouring out his spirit on everybody. You may be seated. I was at Louisiana Youth Camp this summer, and uh, it was a great youth camp until all the electricity went out. And in Louisiana, in the middle of summer, it's like 183 degrees with 400% humidity, evangelistically speaking. And the uh, entire electricity, we woke up the last day with no AC in those dorms. I've been to y'all's youth camp. I, the dorms are nothing to brag about, you know, at any campground. Don't complain about yours. It's like that everywhere. It's the only way we can get anointed, you know. You start staying at the Hilton. That's why people go to youth convention. You can stay at the, you know, the Hilton and stuff. No anointing at youth conventions. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love youth conventions. In fact, it was at youth con a youth convention with Brother Michael Lindsay where I found this thing. So forget what I just said. <laughs> and um, where was I at? And at Louisiana Youth Camp, the electricity went out. They had, they had, it was like a state of emergency. A tornado went through. Long story short, the youth groups, a couple of youth groups at this youth camp, they started praying under a, a shade tree. And they started, they were on their faces in the grass and the dirt. And they were praying and they said, God, you must turn this electricity back on. The Brother Cox, who's the superintendent of that district, he said, if the electricity is not turned back on by 2.30 this afternoon, we will have to send everyone home. I'm riding around on the golf cart 
part with the youth president passing out Popeye's chicken and bottled waters. Hallelujah. In Louisiana, that's just what they do there. And, uh, and, and we're passing out Popeye's fried, Popeye's fried chicken and bottled waters. No joke. And um, people are like passing out, you know, all over the place. And, and we hear the sound of these young people praying and just getting after it. And they're saying, God, you've got to turn this electricity back on. I, I've got friends here that need to get the Holy Ghost. I'm a senior in high school. This is my last youth camp. And God, we can't go out like this. We've got to have a move of God before I graduate, uh, before I go to my senior year or whatever. And, and um, no exaggeration. This is not evangelistically speaking. I was in the golf cart riding around and all of a sudden I hear this just roar from a crowd start shouting and praising. I look over under the shade tree and they're dancing and jumping up and down. And I look at where the offices are and all the lights are back on. I kid you not. I look at my watch and it says 2.30 exactly. God had restored the electricity exactly at the moment when we thought it was too late. Well, that night, uh, we saw young people filled with the Holy Ghost. We saw people divinely healed. It was amazing. And listen to this. This was a youth, a senior youth camp, by the way. Listen, a senior youth camp. Somehow, an eight-year-old boy snuck into senior youth camp, looking for some phone numbers, I guess. I don't know. He snuck into senior youth camp, eight years old. He's standing up at the altar, in the middle of the altar call, seeking to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one of the music ministers got down and saw that he was just kind of going through the motions, you know. He'd been raised in this. He knew what to do. The routines and traditions. He says, I love you, Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you've got to get a little bit more desperate for God. Sometimes you've got to show God what you really want. And so this music minister said to this young boy, he said, hey, man. He said, look, if you want the Holy Ghost, you've got to give God everything you've got. Well, to an eight-year-old boy, he's trying to think, what's everything I've got? Man, what is everything I've got? This, youth, this music minister said, when I say in the name of Jesus, I want you to shout to God exactly what is your greatest heart's desire. I want you to give God everything you've got. And if you'll do that, you'll get the Holy Ghost. He said, all right, let's do it. Uh, that music minister said, uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and that eight-year-old boy lifted up his hands and shouted these words, God, I miss my dog I miss my dog now to some of us guys that have little boys that just breaks your heart doesn't it doesn't that just melt your heart when you think of an eight-year-old boy because when you got kids you realize you see Jesus said you can't come to me unless you have faith like one of these kids right here that boy said what is my greatest desire what is my greatest possession oh I know what it is it's Fido I didn't see him in him in a few weeks all right God here it goes I'm about to let her rip I miss my dog and I promise you the very instant he said those words he started speaking in other tongues as God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost hallelujah 
I just said all that to say this for just a moment. It does not matter what you got messed up with. It does not matter how you've gotten yourself entangled with the sins of this world. It does not matter what kind of desires that are not right that are in your heart tonight. If you would just lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I give you everything. I give you my greatest possession. I give you my failures. I give you my mistakes. I give you everything. You'll be seated. I've told this just about everywhere, but just this year, I've watched God speak to people to reveal the truth of the mighty God in Christ. I saw in Bangladesh over 5,000 Muslim and Buddhist people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I saw it on an airplane in Bangladesh when there was tongues and interpretation, where there was over 150, where's Brother Riley Martin is here somewhere? He's over here. He was with me. There was uh, tongues and interpretation on the airplane, and God spoke with over 150 Muslim and Buddhist people on the airplane. There was a few apostolic people and we got to praying while we were flying over the nation of Bangladesh and we got to shouting and we got to rejoicing and all of a sudden there was tongues and interpretation and God said, I will reveal my name. I will reveal my spirit. I will reveal my love to this nation. He said in the next four years, I will fill over one million people with the gift of the Holy Ghost in Bangladesh. That's why... That's why in that service, uh, the governor of that region walked up shaking. He was wearing all white, uh, a very dignified man. The governor, a Muslim governor of that region, walked up to the platform uh, and stretched his hand out to missionary James Corbin and said, Brother Corbin, what kind of magic is this? He said, I've seen all magic. I've seen witchcraft. I've never felt anything like this. What kind of magic is this? Brother Corbin said, this is not magic, sir. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. I watched as over 3,000 people were filled with the Holy Ghost in Malawi. I watched as over 1,000 people filled with the Holy Ghost in Zambia. God is doing it right now. He's doing it all over the world, and he's doing it here tonight in every man and every woman. He's doing it here tonight. I watched in a Catholic church in Hong Kong last summer, in a Catholic church, Hong Kong, over 150 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in one prayer, one prayer, one prayer, the wait is over. Talk about the wait. In one prayer, we had six blind people lined up right here. And we had five blind people lined up right here. And in one prayer, you see, that's all you need when you pray in the name of Jesus and you've really got faith and you've really got desire and you've really got hunger and in one prayer every blind person was healed instantaneously and every deaf person was healed instantaneously by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
This testimony has been reported by our headquarters of the UPCI. And the reason why a lot of you weren't standing right there is because there is a resistance of your faith. There is a crossroads of your faith that you say, okay, my road of faith goes about this far. Go beyond that and I stay seated. Go beyond that and I can't respond to that. But that is what God is shaking up in the soil of the North American church right now. He is obliterating our past faith and trying to deliver an impartation of new faith, fresh faith, Holy Ghost faith, desperate faith, healing faith, delivering faith. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.